This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. All right, this evening I want to uh, continue sharing on uh, looking towards 2023. And uh, I'll be speaking on the subject, I mean, we've spoken along these lines before, of focused prayer or persistent praying. Now, the key to success in the application of this principle that I want to share this evening is persistence. And what I mean by persistence is that in the practice of it, you are going to certainly experience, quote and unquote, failure. Right? At the honest stage of the practice. When we say failure, it's like someone trying to lift weights that you don't have the capacity for at that particular point in time. So if you attempt it, you drop, all right, whatever it is, dumbbells or the, or the lift there, and drop it, and as it were, you failed. But then you know with all certainty that the repeated and continuous practice will certainly cause you to develop your muscles to the point where you will one day be able to carry it with ease. So everybody that you ask will tell you that the secret to success is persistence. And so it is not failure as it were, but it is part and parcel of the developmental process. If a child tries to walk, the child stumbles and falls several times, but it never occurs to that child to quit or to give up. Every time the child attempts the child is actually developing a muscle or certain sets of muscles which once they get to a certain stage, they are able to carry the weight of the child and then the child will begin to walk with ease. So what you are doing today without thinking about it there was a time you struggled to do it. And as it were, you failed in trying to get to your goal. But that was a necessary part of the process. Because what was going on was you are developing the internal capacity to be able to get it done. Now, it's one of these things we don't say that people will attempt the practice of faith at certain things and it won't work, all right, even though they have a deep-seated conviction, a deep sense of certainty concerning that thing, but it won't work at first attempt and because they are really zealous 
and enthusiastic about it, and it doesn't work, then they get offended. And then they throw in the towel, and they don't go back, all right, to that place and repeat the process. So the key to the success in the, or success in the practice of this is persistent. <coughs> Excuse me. Until you get to the time where you are literally working miracles at ease. That means that you do it today and you fall short and you are back at it tomorrow morning with thanksgiving, practicing the very same routine until mastery is attained. And faith, the best way to describe faith is that you can say it's a grain of mustard seed. And the Bible, therefore, says faith grows because it's like a grain of mustard seed which a man planted. Now, you know that when you plant a seed, it's not when you are going to reap the fruit of the thing. So it's planted, and then after some time, it grows and develops. Now, the person who gets offended when trials and tribulation comes is a person where a false expectation was created in the heart of that person concerning what they had. In other words, they thought that it meant that immediately I am going to get the results. And that's why we have to be very careful with, you know, I mean, it's all wrong in teaching on the spectacular but when we try to make it sound like those who are going through a process, it's simply because they don't have God. In other words, you know, uh, somebody comes up and says, and then we, and we use testimonies sometimes, particularly when people are testifying without talking about a process. And so people start feeling guilty. That, why, why did my own just happen like that? Why did my own just happen like that? And in many cases, those things didn't just happen like that. But even when it did happen like that in a spectacular way, that there's a reason for that, and that's not the end of the story between that person and God in the process of what's happening. So you can look at faith as a grain of mustard seed, or if you want to look at it now in modern terms, you can say it's like a muscle, and that you have to build the muscle and build that faith muscle until that faith muscle can do what is considered to be impossible. So in the same way, an athlete builds and builds and then now begins to, 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 um, begins to perform what is called, naturally speaking, feats now, but it's based on discipline, on routine, and the cultivation of inherent ability to be able to make that particular thing happen. So you cultivate it just like a person that, a baby that try, a child that tries to walk and repeatedly fails, but after a little while, as the Bible says, after you have suffered a little while, then the child is perfected, and that perfection stays with that child forever which means it has an, quote now, eternal weight of glory. 
that light affliction of trying to walk there, not giving up, right, has brought about. Can you imagine if, that's why Jesus would say that if you have faith as a, as a child, if you come as a child, can you imagine all the children giving up and saying, well, I tried first time, I tried second time, nobody will be walking again. And that's what, how we do it with faith. People start on the faith job, they say, I tried, I tried, I tried. It didn't work, and then everybody gives up. All right? You are back on it. I mean, I heard somebody say this about success. He said, well, he said listen, you put in the work, you get disappointed, you are back on the grind the next day as though that disappointment did not happen. You put in the work again. All right, you put in the work, said one time that thing is going to break and it'll break for you forever. And that's the way. It's not that God on the outside decided, all right, all right, but it's that you have developed inherently now, just like a child. It's not that the father, all right, or God says, okay, this is the time you are now going to walk. All right, you have suffered, you are falling down enough. All right, it's time to walk. All right, all the time the child falls down and tries to get up, that child is developing the inherent capacity to be able to walk. And once that capacity is developed within, then the child, all right, is going to be able to walk. So as you develop it and develop it, and some of the things that you are reaching for and some of the way in which you want your life to go can easily be attained. Easily. But there is an exercise that you must repeatedly engage in in order for that all right, to happen. All right, so one look at it um, this evening. Now, you have two worlds that you live in. Most people just live in one world, which is this physical world in which we live. But there is a second world that you live in. And when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom, that kingdom is on the inside of you. He was talking about that realm. He said, seek that realm and God's righteousness, the right way of living in this realm. And all these other things shall be added unto you. And he says, where is the kingdom? kingdom. The kingdom dwells right on the inner side of you. So what you are seeking is a proper understanding of what dwells within you. So there are two worlds. All right, uh, there is the sin world and there is the unseen world. And even in creation, God leaves us with a witness of that which is seen and that which is unseen. In the sense that man was living purely by the sin. And then after some time, they began to understand that there were things that were shaping things on this earth that the five physical senses could not relate with. You couldn't touch these things. You couldn't handle them. You couldn't see them. You couldn't hear them. Uh, they began to discover their cathode rays. Cathode rays, their different types of all right, rays and things that are going on. So once they started seeing that all that was in existence, then they could start transmitting things. So I'm speaking right here and into this device. And it's a wireless device. And the wireless, my voice, therefore, is transferred, all right, transmitted, so to speak.
All right, from the transmitter in my pocket, it goes to a receiver here. All right, so my voice is being carried by something that you can't see. You get what I'm saying? You can't touch it. You can't handle it. There's nothing you can do. But when man discovered that that was it, then they started making use of it. And so they started transmitting images. So there are people right now at home who are watching me. So these images are being captured by this camera. All right, transferred. All right, or or this phone is capturing it. And it's transferring it directly, all right, through, raised there into, all right, on the Instagram website. And it is now made visible to people who are at home who can now hear the sound and who can see my face, right, by reason of an understanding of that particular realm. That's a witness to humanity. Now, that's on the realm of the spirit, but that you cannot say that the fact that you can't see, touch, or hear something doesn't mean it's not in existence. That's enough proof for you. All right? That, that shows you that you can't conclusively say now that, well, because I can't see it, I don't believe it. If because I can't hear it, I don't believe it. All right? Because I can't touch it, I don't believe it. That's, that's, that's actually even, so to speak, logically speaking, now be uncivilized. Um, a lack of in, in intelligence to say that. So there is that unseen realm. And the Bible says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that are seen were made out of things that do not appear. Now, whichever one you are focused on, whichever one consumes your conscious mind, that is the one that is shaping the events of your life. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of your life. What is actually shaping the events of your life, the type of people that you meet, the nature of opportunities that you see. Because in this invisible realm, there are massive opportunities that are constantly there. I mean, it's just the same way somebody can stand and just say that uh, because I can't see something, I can't feel something, you know, I can't taste something, it's not there. And there, there are no opportunities. And why are you saying that? Because I can't see it, because I can't hear, nobody's telling me about that, because I can't taste it, that is, but they're there. All right? But you can have all right, your inner faculties opened up so that you are in contact with that realm and then you are able to use that realm to shape the things that are going on in your own life right now in this physical realm. Now, the real faculty that God has given to you to bring things from the spirit realm into the natural realm is your imagination. 
I, I want to make it simple. So, so the supernatural doesn't look like, you know, when people are saying we are operating the supernatural, people are falling down. It doesn't mean that you are operating supernatural. Okay? The man with the largest church in Singapore, largest church, is not Joseph Prince, it's somebody else. City Harvest Church. One time they were in a worship, no, they were in singing worship. And um, I think it was an Islam pastor, he just stopped. And in, the, in that area, they, they know the spirit realm. They have an understanding. That's why Yonggi Cho had a very powerful understanding of it. He just said, now let's go into the realm of the spirit now. All of everybody shut your eyes. And, and he knew what he was doing. And he was correct. He said, now let us start visualizing the promise of God that he has given to us as we enter into this place of worship. I knew what he was saying was right. That faculty called your imagination. That's why Satan goes there. If it wasn't something spiritual, why are you, why are the weapons of our warfare, no, kind of, to the pulling, casting down, first thing is what? Imaginations. Why, why, no, why, do, if it was just that, you think, okay, God just created us and, and just said, oh yeah, what can we do? Let them be able to imagine. It's only through your imagination you can be hungry but you can imagine yourself you are hungry now but you can imagine yourself in the White House sitting with you know you can do it. You know and you can't be arrested. Now let's understand what I'm saying here. You can Go and say, can you give me a visa? I say, we are not giving you a visa. You are not coming to our country. But your imagination, you can be in America, that they refuse you the visa. And in your imagination, you have moved from New York to Washington. You entered McDonald's. You, you can do it. All right? Now, if you refuse to do it because they refuse you a visa, you will never get there. Do you get what I'm saying? If until you have money in your pocket, you will not see yourself in that place, you will never get it. So the imagination is what God has given to us to experience his promises, all right, and his word before it even happens. That's the faculty that he has given, all right, right unto us. Which means that before it even happens, that if you don't make use of it, right, then Satan is directly making use of it in your own life as a person. Okay? So I want to look at this here so that it, it becomes clear. So it's not, you know, but just a whole cause focus. Yeah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Or, 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 or before, before, before we talk about that, go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and verse 24. So it says, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he saith, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. 
So he's saying that a person is saying, and that person believes inside their heart. So they come to a point where the word saith in literal means is in present continuous, which means whosoever is saying to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And that person arrives at a point where they believe in their heart that what they are saying will come to pass. They are going to have whatsoever they are saying. So the idea behind this, we can say this here, is that you can start saying something and you actually don't believe it. But you are saying it. Then you come to the point where you believe what you are saying is going to come to pass. Now, when you get to that point, then you have entered into the place where you will have whatsoever you've been saying. You know, Kenneth Copeland asked Bill Winston, Dr. Bill Winston, said, how did you buy this mall? All right, because he bought an entire shopping mall in Chicago. And then they use a hall in the mall. Here you go and buy ShopRite Mall, a church. And then it's a mall. It's designated as a mall, so you can't convert the whole thing into a church. Or you, or you, okay, let's say you go and buy National Theater. And it's a theater. So you can't make it any other thing apart from a what? Theater. But they have halls inside the theater. Okay? So on Sunday... You made one part of it, your church, and you now have services in the place. But it has to remain as a theater. So the mall has to remain as a mall that you run, as a mall. So you go to, they have shops all over, and then you walk in, and then they have a section there that is now their church. Okay? And of course, the law therefore stipulates that the sound from your church must enter into the mall. Okay, so everything has to be soundproof. But of course, the shops are also happy that it's a church that bought it because church has traffic. Okay, those selling coffee, no, they will sell. Those selling clothes, no, they will sell. All right, I mean, when we're having church in Ikecha more, people that you didn't used to open, once the head church was open, there's a church there, 7.30, they came to open, all right? And uh, parents were in serious trouble because the children... If you bought them a piece of cake that's you you can't leave that place, they won't live happily. Alright. But that could also make the pastors happy. Because then the children want to come every Sunday. So you are sure that the parent is coming. But I'm just saying that. So you buy the bottom more. But he said when God told him that God told him, and don't say that because you've heard from heaven, it means you believe. If that's the case, children of Israel that God said are going to promised land, then they hear from God. It's not automatic. All right? It's not automatic. And, and, that's, and this is what, and I'm going to do every Saturday on first, when, when we get next, I'm going to do it, about creating neural pathways. The assumption is that because you know something, you believe it. The assumption is that because you desire something, you are actually... The fact that you desire something, you want something, you can be the greatest enemy to yourself for the fulfillment of that. 
You may, and that's what really happens. You may want a job, but you are the biggest obstacle to you getting that job. And the biggest mistake people make in life is then they blame things on the outside. Now, the people that come to understand and discover the secret of life take responsibility for it and say, wait, I am the one that is the, my own problem. And once they look into the mirror, they start seeing the adjustments they are supposed to make. They make those adjustments and they enter into it. Okay? So, the fact that you've heard something. So, he said when God told him, God, he said the first thing is that he knew he didn't believe what God said. Because, number one, no black person had ever bought that kind of property in the history of Chicago. And you can see the color of your skin. And everybody is telling you you can't do it. And you can't go by what is seen, but by what is not what? Seen. Okay? So, everybody that tells you you can't get it, they'll say, why? Because you're black. Are going by what they can see. All right? And based on all the experience that they've had in the past, somebody like you never got it. So, he said he had to sit down. And this is what people don't do. And move himself from unbelief into the place where he now believed. Now, when you move yourself into the place where you now believe, then the possibility of you having it now comes. It is only at that point, let me say this, that you can sit down and the idea will come to you that go call this person and that's, that's the only time. Until you believe, you'll be doing guesswork. And you see people who say that, oh, the, the person is working very hard. But they, it's an external work. It is not yet, all right, it's not the type of work that is going to produce results. Those are external things. So the first thing is that you've got to cross to that point and come to the point where you say that, I believe it can happen. See, young ministers, they tell me this. People can say, oh, they told me, they said this thing. We did not believe again. That anybody, they told me this, so outside the generation of the pastor, they pray, pastor Kumi, could be opening churches like that again. We thought it was over. Now, it's, so, so once you believe that, you can never, you, listen, God can bring into your church 30 called people into ministry. They'll be sitting right before you. You won't see them. He brought them so that they can open up branches. You will not even see them. Right? What you will be saying is, I don't like the hairstyle of this guy. That's what you'll be saying. Because you'll be judging them by what you can do what? See. Until your mind is renewed. You know, I went to a center yesterday. I'm just mentioning. So, no, Sunday. So somebody did something. I just turned. I called somebody. I said, what? See what this person did on? This person can run. A, you know, I have never seen this person in this light in my life. This person can run a church. I went, I went to meet him. I told someone, the person said, you're correct. I said, no. No, the person, the person, the person now went to watch some person came back. I said, I see what you saw. 
Now, if you, you don't move to that place, you won't see. I, you understand what I'm saying? One of the fastest growing centers is um, Abulegba. They started with 17 adults. Maybe there are about 300 and something adults now. They must be about type 20. He was an usher now. I knew him as an usher. But you had to look beyond ushering. Just look very well. Ah. <laughs> he will have been content ushering. In fact, the first day I told him he was reluctant. But I just said it. Are you following me? Now, but you have to move to that place. Because if you don't move there, even the opportunities God will give you, you'll be scared. What is an opportunity? You will call it fair. Now, so there are two walls here. So this is what he's saying here. So when you believe, now this is the point I'm getting to. When you believe you have received it, then he says, Mark eleven twenty three. This one, this one I wanted to share. He says, whoever I say to this mountain, and he said, shall come by, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now he now tells us how to have it. He now goes to verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The tense is believe you have received them and in prayer you shall do what? Have them. So you already believe inside your heart that what you are saying is going to come to pass. Then the tool that God gives you to release the power to cause that thing to come to pass is that type of prayer. Now, if you go to God in prayer about something you don't believe, understand what is going on so you get it. Right? Right? So, understand what's going on so you get it here. If you go to God in prayer about something in your heart you don't believe. The Holy Spirit is involved in spiritual warfare. But that warfare is that what he's dealing with are the things inside you which is casting down imaginations and every high thing against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, when that obedience is complete inside, then God says that you enter into prayer, we can revenge disobedience on the outside. But you see, people are kneeling down and praying. Let me just give an example now. Praying, let's say that they're earning 50,000. They are praying for some that they will receive 500. They don't believe it. Now, God is helping them as they start praying in the spirit because what he's doing is he is now walking inside that heart to move that person from a place of unbelief to a place of believing. But because people don't understand the process, all right, so they don't cooperate with him. And number two, number two, they feel that I've been praying. They don't really get what is going on. So it says when your obedience is complete, there's a readiness to avenge all disobedience. So, like Dr. Bill said, he said, I realized that this thing I heard 
I don't believe. Now, I've got to get myself to the point where I am fully persuaded that what God has promised is able. So we start that work. And when you start that work with God, I'm telling you that every day you will make improvement and you will know inside your heart you are improving. And you don't have any expectation for manifestation on the outside, but you know that within yourself, you are growing. Look, it's like you saying that there's Olympics in one year's time. They tell you the standard of weight in this category is 57 kilograms. You are in your room or you go to your gym. They give you 27 kilograms. You are shaking. You, you know that you can't win the anything. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? But when you start carrying, you get to 57, you carry it with ease. You get to 65, you carry it with ease. You look at the world record, they say it is 69.5. You check, they say only two people have gone beyond 67, and you have gotten 67.5. You know I'm at bronze medal, what's case here? Abby? <laughs> that, except the miracle happens here, they, that everybody just takes something. I'm at bronze medal. By the time you get to 69.5, you come out from your closet and say, is either gold or silver? We will meet on that place that day. Do you get what I'm saying here? I'm saying that every day when you are practicing it, you will come to the point where you know I'm, I'm close to this thing. Christianity is practical. And when you get it, you know I have gotten it. My heart has accepted it. I've entered into rest. Then you enter into that prayer now and, and as you're praying now, and I'll show up, as you are praying, look at it, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. Now, why, why is it natural for people, or at least they taught you as a child, to close your eyes while you are praying? Why do they say close your eyes? I know you are very deep now. You don't close your eyes again. You open your eyes. <laughs> All right, because you are super spiritual. But why did they, why did they tell you, close your eyes when you are praying? No what? No distraction, yes? No distraction. So what is distracting you? What you can see. Because what you are believing for when you go and pray is something you cannot see. Isn't that it? That's why you are praying. So you want something you cannot see to come into the earth. So when you close your eyes, you're supposed to be seeing what you cannot see. And the way you see what you cannot see is imagination. Are you following what I'm saying? Here? Now, if you're not using your imagination in prayer, you're wasting time. Look, I know people say, I don't agree. I pray by But ask yourself, are you getting the kind of results as with prayer? What are you looking at when you pray? If they say somebody is sick, go and pray for the person. You go to the hospital. Sometimes, if, if, if you don't even understand the principle, it is better you just hold the image of the person that was well that you saw and constantly pray over that image. Because when people see a sick person, they now go back, yay. <laughs> now, the difficulty level has now increased. Uh, not so? You are already praying. I'm telling you, the person is going to get healed. You now got there. 
and you saw the person was just skin and bone. Eh? I didn't know it was like this. Eh? Eh? So you now go back. Now, now, what's happening? You have before you the image of that sick person. And please don't tell me that because you are going through the motions, you are in faith. We've thought this several times. When they were praying for Peter's release, everybody was there praying. Apostles were there praying. But when they knocked, Peter knocked, a rudder came and said, Peter is out there. I mean, I mean, without any shame, they said, you must be mad. I mean, how can they pray? This, can you imagine the prayer leader? You're praying for something. And they say, ah, the person is healed. The person is healed. Maybe person was in a wheelchair. The person has come. The person is running outside. <laughs> huh? Running which outside? Please, please. Then the person keeps insisting. And you look at this person. And that means you are so sure that Peter is dead. Now, the reason why, the reason why was because Herod had killed James. And James at that time was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. So, once they took James out, a seed was planted inside the hearts of the people. That's why you need cleansing. That when I say cleansing now, if if you if if let, let me give this example here. If somebody was born in, in a rich home and the person used to see ten thousand dollars on the table, all right, open the father's drawer and saw euro dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, all of that. That child grows without a consciousness of dollars being something very far. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, but if someone grows up in abject poverty, the warfare of that person to move to believe that they can have $10,000 in their hand is two different things. Because the other person, when they say $10,000, they say, ah, what's $10,000? I can have it now. This other person says, eh? All right? That's why, and don't say it's, it's correct because in Egypt, that's what Pharaoh did. Pharaoh just said, Look. Pharaoh said, Look. These people are mightier than us. In other words, greater is he that is in them than he that is in us, so to speak. You get this? Let us make them fetchers of water and hewers of wood and give them a history of slavery. That's why I tell people in this country, people tell me that uh, some uh, region or tribe is holding one or that. It's nonsense. Look, it is just something that's inside your mind. Uh, when, when, so, 
They, Egypt, it's not because of hope. You know, when, when they feed you with that, what, what happens to them? Ah, some people feel they're superior. What, what, how can somebody say they're superior to one other person? Except you yourself accept superiority. It, it is very difficult, a hard lesson to accept, but the success of an oppressor needs the cooperation of the oppressed. People don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. And when we say cooperation, is the mindset. In other words, you buy into it that you are you actually buy into it. So, so if you don't buy into it, you don't buy into it. Look, that's why. I mean, the, I mean, that's why the, the xenophobia. I don't blame. I mean, when I say don't blame, I don't I understand why South Africans get agitated when Nigerians are and say, "Look, we'll get rid of Nigeria," because because a Nigerian doesn't have inside him. He has never been enslaved before. I mean, as in apartheid, he doesn't know what to say. If he, if he was born after independence, he doesn't know all these things. So when it comes to, when he gets to South Africa, I mean, I remember back then when Nigeria started going to South Africa, so a friend of mine, this church, the, the elder sister, her friend, told her, I said, went to sit somewhere, that this black South Africans came, and you Nigerian said, yes, you are the only ones that will come and sit here. Because under normal circumstances, it is an invisible barrier that is created that you obey. But if you don't obey it, they can't do anything. Do you get what I'm saying? See, one day I went into a shopping mall in Cape Town. The hotel I was in was attached to a mall. So I, I just entered and, you know, I, I said this mall. I've not seen any mall like this in my life. It's a beautiful mall. Nobody's in this mall. So I, I went up the escalator. Nice shops. The, the way they design the place, beautiful. You know, expensive luxury. I said, it, and nobody comes to this mall. I sat down, I bought coffee, I drank coffee, I was going. Do you know, I turned one corner the second day. I just saw people in mass. Then I went down. I saw that the shops there were cheaper shops. Nobody stopped anybody from coming here except the fact that they believed in their mind. Do you get what I'm saying here? In fact, Heathrow Airport, the, the, the expensive shops are towards the one end. You just see that the crowd thins out as you are going towards that place. It's like we don't go to that area. I used to preach this a long time ago, many years ago. All right? Because what happened was one time I went to America and I was walking on which is Saks Fifth um, Avenue, which is the expensive avenue for shops. So I was walking sightseeing, just looking at shops. So I got to one shop, bit of Godman, and the only time I remember the shop was I was watching television one day, and Oprah Winfrey went there to shop. They shut the place down for her and Destiny Child. So it was, we all say, Oprah, they were inside the shop alone. Huh? So when I got there, I said, this is that shop I saw on TV, Kai. So I walked, bit of good man. I turned around again. I walked again. I said, You don't enter this place. So finally, <laughs> how should I wait? What is the problem? Enter. I opened the door. Do you know they were nicer to me than the poor, poor shop? Very polite people there. You know, very nice. Those are the shops that they said, Go. This is very nice. <laughs> Now, let me tell you what shocked me. 
So I said I went to the main section. I got there. And there were a pair of shoes. That were, they put shoes. And I was wearing one of the shoes there. And I thought I could enter that place. It's an invisible barrier. That's the myth of life. It's an, look, I, I, I mean, I went to walk up in Qatar. The Qataris, they do, you know, Arabians, they don't mix the rich and the poor people. They, so that you will know that you are on the left. We are on the right. Those things are barriers that are created just to keep people without using arms where they are. Unless one day you attempt and say, we are crossing this barrier. And you don't cross it with your body force. You cross it inside your mind. I, look, all these things people say, hey, it's all this racism. Look, listen. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I got my color. There is no race. Even Irish, they look down on them. Japanese, they look down on them. Indians, they look down on them. Today, you don't look down on Indians. You do not look down on Indians. And the reason is the performance of the people. Nobody is going to hand anything over to you. You will, you will show. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the performance. The Prime Minister of Britain is Indian. Tech companies in America, major ones, Indians. Vice President of America, half Indian. Go everywhere, you see them. You earn it. Do you get what I'm saying? So when we will say, uh, you know, want, want, I mean, let me say, young people here, say, ah, we, we are, we are youth. Nobody, look, look, nobody does. We just give to youth. You have to demonstrate capacity. See, the one you demonstrated capacity in, did anybody come and meet you there? FinTech. I ain't controlling. People are making billions now. Can anybody touch people there? You demonstrate. That's nobody will come and touch you. You look for the empty spaces, you enter into it. See, when we're doing ministry, the same thing. When we're doing ministry, people came to me back then in school. Uh, the older ministers are not helping us. I said, who helped them? Who helped them to get there? You better help yourself. Let's go. Then you start doing things that ah, they'll look and say, ah, you will call us to what you are doing now. How can you just be doing like that without calling us? Call us. We can give you some advice. Uh-huh. None that please can you bring to us. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's the way you get. Th- look, that's the way you do things. You look for the empty spaces in what people are not doing. You enter into it. Take possession of what they say. What did Paul say? Paul said when they saw the grace that was given unto me. And they saw that they were not the originators of the grace. They said we better partner with you. Before we become extinct. Paul could have been following Peter and the rest of them around the whole place. You get what I'm saying? Ah, so when people say color, and they're being racist, my friend, you know, I was in school. My friend told me, he said, listen, to went school in university. He said, if only the blacks would face education instead of activism. 
It says face education, leave autism in the room. When you begin to excel, see, it's just that people, today, Americans will tell you in America, Nigerians are the example they use to say that, listen, Nigerians are the second most successful group of people in the United States of America. I got into Texas in Dallas and the driver told me, said there's no poor Nigerian in this place. He said, I will take you to where they live. Because there is no Nigerian that will carry their child there that you will say any nonsense without you going to school. Which, what are you saying? Say, I want to be school. You, you first finish first degree. After that, you can go and do what you want to do. So they are armed with education. They make sure they have, and that's the pathway. And once you understand it and you go that way, then you start beating them at the game. But see, what Pharaoh did was make them fetchers of water and hewers of wood. Once they are slaves, he said, even if a mightier army comes to join with them, the defeats that they have in their consciousness will not make them deliver. God came, not an army now. God came, carried them by the hand. They told God we are going back. People that were shouting, I'm told you that it takes the cooperation of the slave to remain a slave. When, when God cried and said, let's be going. When they got into the wilderness, which is the price of independence, which means you wake up in the morning, you don't know where anything is. That's the price of independence. Price of independence. I went to see Bishop Edico when I started this church. Listen to what I'm saying. We were renting equipment and be bringing equipment. We will listen to what I'm saying. We will finish service. We won't have money to pay. We'll count the offerings and pay for the usage of the hall at the end of service. Hear me. I went to see Bishop Rico. He said, how much will it cost you to get equipment? I said, 120000 He said, what are you saying? I said, I'm not saying anything, sir. I'm not collecting a dime from you. I left. That's what makes you independent. Not that, hey, you didn't give me money. And you came, I can't, you can't give me money. And look at how I'm suffering. And you are not suffering. I mean, no, where are you going to get? So, the same people that were crying, we want deliverance. We want deliverance. We want deliverance. God said, yeah, it's time for deliverance. Go out. The meaning of deliverance is that you wake up in the morning, nobody's cooking for you. You look around, there's no sign of food. That's deliverance. Oh, yeah, start thinking by yourselves. Ah, they say it's better we go back. The deliverer, they started stoning the deliverer. The person that came to deliver them, they brought a stone to stone the person. He had to be begging God. God said, Listen, they've done it to me. All right? So, what has happened in the past, Satan has designed it to keep you away from the future God has promised. He takes you before, you, what was he wants to take you through a process that when God comes to you to tell you this is who you are, you reject it. So when he tells you that I'm going to make a mighty nation out of you, all right, you just reject it. Now, the only way then you can start is this process here. And that's why, let me just say this. This is why, I have to remember what I wanted to say, I didn't get to. But this is why 
Hear what I'm saying now. You can only become what you have experienced. Are you following what I'm saying? So, the boy who grew up in a house where there's no money, there's absolutely no money. See, I used to, I'm just saying, when I traveled one time, how did I start flying business class, flying economy? So one day, I went to a travel agent. Hey, pass what you pass what you up. Ah, yeah, yeah. Pass what you have, yeah. All right, so you're going to where? South Africa. Okay. Uh-huh. So what will buy? She said, pass what you money. You are flying economy. No, 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 no. This cannot happen. I can't fly. I said, no. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> said, don't, don't give me trouble. I'm okay. Uh, so, she did the booking. So, when I was going, I went to economy. When I was coming back, I don't know what happened. When I got there, I gave the man. The man said, are you on business or economy? I said, I said, ah, well, your name is showing on business. She just gave me, well, she gave me boarding pass. I didn't even look at it. So, as we were going down the road, I now checked. Ah, I realized that the body in the seat was business class. So, ah, that's the number now. So I sat down. My heart was beating because I felt they were going to come and meet me to say, stand up. You're on somebody's seat. Do you know they came to collect the jacket from me to go and hang? I didn't know. I thought there was a problem. What I'm trying to say is that if you are not in that state of mind, when opportunities come, you will think it's a problem. In fact, when they come to give you something, you will think that they have come to arrest you. You open the door and start running. When they came with an opportunity, you see, it's a mindset. It's why we don't like to tell ourselves the truth. It's the mindset. And, and, it's, and you have to use words. So when I say you have to have experienced it, you know that that's what the Bible is saying. You have to call into existence those things that be not as though they were. So you have to take what God has promised and superimpose it on your consciousness as something that you've already experienced. Because it's only when you have experienced it, you authorize yourself to enter it. So when you enter into prayer, you shut your eyes. You have to be seeing yourself while you're praying in tongues in physical possession of that thing. Because where I was going to get to is that that's why, that's now is what you see. So ask yourself this question, what, what seest thou when you are praying? Now, please understand this. That you see something today and you pray over here for 30 minutes. Doesn't mean tomorrow it will change you to that thing. As the president here. It can even look like it went worse. But you keep the image of what he has promised. And go over it looking just at that image. And pressing through for the fulfillment of that. 
and you keep doing it in prayer. That's what Jacob did with the animals. At the point they came to meet, he put the right image before them. It is a dangerous thing to go into prayer carrying the wrong image. Because you are reinforcing that thing in your consciousness. It's spiritual energy. The image has got to be what? Right. So if you say, I don't have a job, you are not going to be praying and saying to yourself, all right, I don't have a job. I, I don't have a job. I, I don't have a job. Uh, then you say, let's go and pray. No. You are going there to say, Father, I thank you because you have given me a job. All right? Now, this job gives me a lot of opportunity to acquire skills. This job has given me a lot of opportunity. And someone in this church, she showed me, said, Pastor, look at the confession. Look at the job I got. She's been paid in UST. I wouldn't just say the figure, but every month, and it's not even $10,000 a month. US deal. She wrote it. When the company in America offered her the job, when they looked at her CV, the what she applied for, they told her, We have a position in this organization for you. Now, this one, leave it. Let's go and talk to the president of the corporation so we can create a position for you because of what we can see. Do you get what I'm saying? The position they created matched what she was confessing. Because if you start confessing it and you come to the point where you believe you have received that particular thing and that thing is inside you and you enter into prayer, there is no force on this earth that can stop that thing from coming to pass. None. Let me tell you where the failure is. The failure is people are trying to produce on the outside what they don't believe they have received inside. Do you get what I'm saying? They are going to the Olympics for a miracle when they have the miracle in their own room of carrying the 67. They are just hoping that, let me tell you, a surge will just come on me. And you say, where did you get it from? Like Samson. Now when you tell them that, it won't happen like what I say. Didn't God do it for Samson? Didn't a surge just come on Samson? A surge just come on me. And I'll just carry. This is how Christians live their lives. Instead of following the supernatural principle, people just throw things and say, all right, this. I'm telling you this. If your mindset doesn't change, and it's even still, all right, and I've seen people appear to be successful, but they still have low self-esteem, appear to be successful, they still... You will not believe they will compete with people who have very little because of some psychological problem they have. They, they, they will, they, 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 and the contentment is not there. All right? Particularly in societies where you can have something on the outside, which means you do a contract and something can happen to you on the outside without proper development of your internal faculties. So it's not, a, it's not even a question first of um, um, external external. Um, faculties there. It's, it's first of all internal. Alright? That's why you can't come and meet me. Some people come and meet me. Um, um, Christianity in this country is up to me. It's nonsense. Nobody can stop Christian growth of Christianity in this country. Look, to me, it is absolute nonsense. It, it, it's, it's just nonsense. Nigeria has one of the, if not the, one of the fastest growing churches in this country. Why are we calling problem on ourselves? 
I don't understand Christians. Why are you calling problems? You are, are having one of the fastest growing church. You are holding some of the biggest Christian gatherings. And you said again, you are under threat. What about people that don't have anything there? You want to call disaster on yourselves? God is blessing and then you say, I am under threat. Well, I, I don't know why people say this. I mean, I to me, mine is what are you talking about? All right? All the tools are there. All the opportunities are there. For you, for the social media is there. Internet is there for for quiet penetration. For comp- you can you can do things that couldn't be done in the seventies. So I don't understand though. Listen, clear your mind. Find where you are going to. Get rid of all the excuses. Remove all the excuses. If you, if you remove all the excuses from your mind, all right, and focus on where you are going to and, and believe correctly in what you are doing, absolutely nothing can stop you. The possibilities that are around today, I, I mean, inside this church, I mean, when you talk about population of Nigeria and the church, I can point to people inside this church today who are, who are working in Nigeria and earning serious dollars. I can go there and point to people inside this church. In fact, someone sent me a testimony. When person told me a testimony of the job that they got, do you know that I didn't know the person was like that? You know, when you're just seeing somebody until they tell you who, what has happened. Ah, you mean you are so and so in this country until it happens. All right? So don't put problem on yourself that you know, they asked somebody, say, why, why is your own ship not sinking? He said, for a ship to sink, water that is outside must enter inside. I keep the water outside, outside. My own ship, there's no water inside. You bring water inside. You know, many Christians are going to fetch the water. <laughs> <laughs> what point inside. What's your problem? Water is going there. You go and fetch, carry the water like this, and point inside. Carry the water like this, and point inside. Carry the water like this, point inside. And then, when it, then the ship starts sinking, it starts sinking, the ship is sinking. All right, don't let anybody's trouble come and affect your own prosperity. Do you get what I say? It's like someone has a very good marriage. Then he's hearing stories of some men doing something. Then you two now say men are bad. When your own marriage is good, then you that you are going to carry water and then you start bringing it. And then because you heard somebody, they were lying to that one. You went to read it on social media. How maybe the husband lied to her? Then your husband says something. Say, you are lying. <laughs> That's what many people and God is in heaven say, what's your problem? We are already prospering you. You are making headway. You are growing. Huh? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth, expand it within our consciousness in Jesus' name. Amen.